She seemed to know instinctively what he was thinking on all major issues, even though he was here in London while she resided at his principal estate in Berkshire. As for his mother, also at Lambourne Castle, he'd long been grateful that she kept her perceptions to herself. It's not as if marriage is something I can avoid. Well, there is that, Horace conceded. Osbert, as the next earl, is not something any of us could stomach, least of all Osbert. So great Aunt Millicent regularly informs me. Charles nodded at the large desk farther down the room. That letter there, the thick one, that'll be another missive demanding I do my duty by the family, pick a suitable chit and marry with all speed. One arrives every week without fail. Horace pulled a face. And, of course, every time I cross Osbert's path, he looks at me as if I'm his only possible salvation. Well, you are. If you don't marry and beget an heir, he'll be for it. And Osbert in charge of the earldom is entirely too depressing a thought to contemplate. Horace drained his glass. Still, I wouldn't have thought you'd let old Millicent and Osbert jockey you into marrying to please them. Perish the thought. But if you must know, and I'm sure Henny will want to, I intend to marry entirely to suit myself. I'm thirty-five, after all. Further denying the inevitable will only make the adjustment more painful. I'm set in my ways as it is. He rose and held out his hand. Horace grimaced and gave him his glass. Devilish business, marriage. Take my word for it. Sure it isn't all these sinsters marrying that's niggled you into taking the plunge? That's where I was today, Summersham. There was a family gathering to show off all the new wives and infants. If I'd needed any demonstration of the validity of your thesis, today would have provided it. Refilling their glasses, Giles pushed aside the prickling presentiment evoked by his old friend Devil Sinster's latest infernal machination. Devil and the others elected me an honorary Sinster. Turning from the Tantalus, he handed Horace his glass, then resumed his seat. I pointed out that while we might share countless characteristics, I'm not, and never will be, a Sinster. He would not marry for love. That fate, as he assured Devil for years, would never be his. Every sinister male seemed unavoidably to succumb, jettisoning rakish careers of legendary proportions for love and the arms of one special lady. There had been six in the group, popularly known as the Bar Sinster, and now all were wed, all exclusively and unswervingly focused on their wives and growing families. If there was within him a spark of envy, he made sure it was buried deep. The price they'd paid was not one he could afford. Horace snorted. Love matches are the sinister's forte. Seem to be all the rage these days, but take my word for it. An arranged marriage has a lot to recommend it. My thoughts exactly. Earlier this summer, I set wearing the task of investigating all the likely candidates to see which, if any had dower properties that would materially add to the earldom. Properties? If one is not marrying for love, one may as well marry for something else. And he wanted a reason for his choice. So whichever lady he ultimately offered for would entertain no illusions over what had made him drop his handkerchief in her lap. My instructions were that my future countess had to be sufficiently well-bred, docile, and endowed with at least passable grace of form, deportment, and address. A lady who could stand by his side and impinge on his consciousness, not at all. A well-bred cipher, who would bear his children 
and disrupt his lifestyle minimally. Giles sipped. As it happened, I had also asked Waring to trace the current ownership of the Gatting property. Horace nodded his understanding. The Gatting property had at one time been part of the Lambourne estate. Without it, the Oldham's principal estate was like a pie with a slice missing. Regaining the Gatting lands had been an ambition of Giles's father, and his father before him. In pursuing the owner, Waring discovered that the deed had passed to some distant Rawlings, then on his demise into the dowry of his daughter, presently of marriageable age. The information Waring is apparently anxious to impart concerns the daughter. She of marriageable age? Giles inclined his head as the chime of the front doorbell pealed through the house. A moment later, the library door opened. Mr. Waring, my lord. Thank you, Irving. Wearing a heavy set man in his early thirties with a round face and close.